When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, you're listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. This is episode 142, but gosh, it might as well be episode 145. It took us three or four times before we finally nailed down what it is that we were uh, wanting to talk about. And I think it's because what we wanted to talk about is a little bit confusing. Right now, Laura and I both are seeing a lot of couples who are just kind of stuck and feel atrophied and don't know what to do. They want really clear advice about what should they actually do. And I actually think it's the wrong question. I think uh, what we need to be focused on is who we are, who are we going to be? And so this episode is really about how to change your mindset toward being intentional. I think we call it three tools for an intentional marriage, but tools are always predicated on the idea that you know what you're building. So part of it is knowing what you're in it for. And part of it is knowing how to use the resources you have available to chase the result that you desire. So as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. So take... Four. Good morning. This is, take, this is take four. You guys, we recorded an episode and and then sent it to our producer. And, and I would say I probably sent, I sent you a text, right? And I said, that was absolute crap. We cannot air that. And you yeah. thought it was fine. You, that's what you, you said. You thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Well, j- we have different, we have different ideas. Crap. Let I me guess. tell you just, here's what happened in the episode. We had a four minute interlude of just straight laughter. Right. One of us was laughing. Yeah. Well, no, you, was there saying, was water coming from stop. your eyes. Please. There, you wiped your eyes a I was lot. Crying. Yeah. I was sad. You were not. We lost it. <laughs> no. Anyway. So now it's, it's a rare occasion where Zach is up before 9am um, yep. on a weekend, which is really lovely. So yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you. And I, can I tell you the best way I wasted time this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to hear it. So our new favorite thing to do in our house is watch game shows on TV. Okay. And so we watch, um, we watch like who wants to be a millionaire, the new one with Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. And then we watch, um, the weakest link with Jane Lynch. Okay. And I like to call it, I like to call it, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Like I'll say, Hey Reb, do you want to watch you are the weakest link? Goodbye. Um, <laughs> um, Cause that's what she says. She says, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. So we're watching it and I'm crushing this game. Like I'm getting all the answers, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to win all yeah, the money. I believe it. Um, and my wife and my kids are like, dad, you should totally try out for this show. Ooh. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should try out for this show. And so Rebecca goes online and she like pulls up the application uh-huh. and she starts it for me. She like pulls up the, uh, you are the weakest link to buy application. <laughs> and I start filling it out and it's really fun. It took me like 45 minutes. I'm answering all these questions and I'm going, I'm, I'm super clever. I'm like, they're definitely going to pick me hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to be on this show. And I go to submit my application and it's like the, it's like the confirmation page, yeah. which says something like, 
all applications must be submitted by August 14th, 2020. And I was like, what, what just happened? (laughs) It's December. And I just spent 45 minutes filling out this questionnaire and and getting all my hopes up about how I was going to be on this talk show and, or this game show. But you had fun, right? You had fun doing it. It was super fun. And then I also got mad at Rebecca for not noticing the deadline before and then wasting all my time. Okay. Yeah. I I felt like that was a good one. I could be like, I'm going to get mad about this. Right. (laughs) <laughs> instead of something, Your you know, poor important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have wasted your time in a really effective way. Um, hey, can I tell you, I bought, I broke down and bought something that I have been meaning to buy for a very long time. I bought the source. I bought a home. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> no, I bought a home gym. I'm so excited. What kind? What kind of home gym? Well, basically I bought... I bought like all Nordic track stuff. I mean, okay. I had this moment. You skipped over the Peloton phase. Well, I mean, I really love Pelotons, but the problem is that I have, I, I really need it now. I'm very out of shape. And so I need, okay. I need it now. And everything's in lockdown right now um, again. And I think with the holidays, it's going to be locked down even harder. So anyway, um, yeah, I got a bike and a treadmill and then one of those weight sets that goes from like five to 55 pounds. And I am mm-hmm. so motivated. I, you guys can join me on my I'm calling it Operation No More Cottage Cheese. And that's what I'm super excited about. Around your waist? Uh, Around your waist? Well, women put cottage cheese like on all over in different places, but yeah. Uh, That was, that was mean. I didn't mean that. I I was just. That's right. I don't think you've actually seen my waist, so I don't take offense to it. If you were like. You know what I realized? Do you want to hear something that I realized? I have never once met your kid. You have met. Yes, you have live in person. I haven't. Oh, in person. You've never met him. You've talked to him. Yeah. You've seen him over the phone. Yeah. Hmm. I taught him how to do the Rubik's Cube, except he's a quitter. (laughs) 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 He gave up after the first step. Oh, man. I actually really wanted you to say that to him, to his face next time. You save that line (laughs) for Holden, my sweet five-year-old. Just play in the podcast. Okay. I will. (laughs) All right. Here's what we're going to do. We We are not going to do what we did before because it was... Crap. It was crap according to what Laura had to say. No, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna give you three tools for an intentional marriage. And this comes from an ebook that we made a while ago, but we haven't really done much with it. Like we haven't looked at it, we haven't talked about it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going back. We're pulling out some content from our closet that we created a long time ago. And we're gonna give you best practices for moving through your marriage on purpose, which I think is a right really yeah. a cool tool. Yeah, it's kind of timely too, because I mean, the the thing that I keep running up against with couples all the time is that they just feel um, like a lack of inertia. Like Mm -hmm. they're just not, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. And I don't mean to continue to blame it on the, the lockdown, which is, which is relevant, but just like people are, it's making people kind of look inward and go, what am I supposed to do? What am I actually supposed to do? Yeah. And so, you know, and thinking about that, I was like, well, with here, there are at least a few uh, low hanging fruits that you can that you can grab onto. So that's what we're talking about. Three, what do we call it? Three tools for an intentional marriage. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And right um, if you guys are readers like I am, there's a book that's called The Intentional Marriage. It's by Bill Doherty. And have you read that book, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. You have not. It. That is 100% <laughs> lie. Uh, I have not read it. I will be fully honest, but um, it is a concept that John Gottman 
talks about when he teaches and Julie Gottman and they they're really big on you know like being being intentional about your relationship and so what we're doing is we're kind of pulling some of these ideas together that we really like so what's the first one first tool cool yeah so the first tool at least on the list that we have today is what's called a common enemy mm-hmm. and when i end up talking to couples particularly in a first session or two what I really want them to do is to figure out what is outside the relationship mm-hmm. that is a threat to them both. Right. Um, there's lots and lots of things that you can look at inside the relationship that's a threat to me. Mm-hmm. But I think that is where, you know, conflict becomes especially uh, tense because you are the threat mm. versus the work that it takes to externalize the threat, the threat, any threat. Call it COVID. Mm-hmm. Call it your mother-in-law. Call it your, your you know, your financial strain. Call it the weather. Right I now, mean, it's crap. the school system. That's my threat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. At the meta level, at like kind of the big heady level, it's also like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. Externalize contempt and criticism and defensiveness mm-hmm. and stonewalling mm-hmm. so that the two of you recognize that those things are trying to create uh, some kind of rift between you. And, mm-hmm. and I think when couples have a common enemy, they can rally together, right? It's way easier to defeat an enemy together than it is to kind of tackle it on your own. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of fun. And uh, I was just talking actually to a couple or maybe I had an aha moment. I don't know what it is, but um, I've been thinking a a lot about like the four horsemen and how you can externalize those and how sometimes um, criticism in particular comes up where when your partner's criticizing you sort of underneath it, they're really just they're asking, they're seeking, they want closeness. Um, But it's really tough to hear that that through the criticism. And I, I've been thinking a lot about how you can externalize that and view your partner as someone who's really just trying to reach for you or connect with you in some way. And they're just kind of screwing it up and criticizing you anyway. And, um, just thinking about how you can try and externalize something as simple as criticism or defensiveness can shift that entire dynamic for the two of you. I actually think it's one of the most effective and rewarding ways that you can externalize the four horsemen. And and when mm-hmm. it comes to criticism mm-hmm. in particular, this is where I think the couple can really learn how to help. Because if if I'm being if I'm feeling criticized, mm-hmm. that's a feeling I'm having. And I have a choice there. I can choose to get defensive if I want to. Right. Um, or I can just recognize the feeling and then and then exercise my autonomy or my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing about my wife, perhaps, who is criticizing me. The reason she's criticizing me is because she wants something to change. Right. She wants something to be different. Yeah. And so she's using criticism, which is a bad strategy. Yep. It's a toxic strategy. It's a destructive strategy. And uh, to to complain. She's using criticism to complain. Mm-hmm. And complaining is also not that great because complaining, people use complaining because they they use complaint to ask for something. Mm-hmm. And so let's say I'm feeling feeling criticized by Rebecca. The way that I can personally agree with her or join her in uh, opposing the four horsemen is for me to say, Hey babe, this is, does not feel good. I'm about to get defensive. Uh Are you trying to ask me for something? Yeah. Because I think we, I think neither one of us wants to go to the down, the criticism defensiveness route, but maybe you're trying to ask me for something. That's us partnering against criticism as a horseman that we are protecting our home from. hundred percent. And so I, I actually, you know, I actually dig it where I'm just like, uh, okay, I'm aware that you are, I mean, frankly, I'm aware that you're being nasty, mm-hmm. being gross, <laughs> and I can be gross too. Right. Or I can go, okay, 
gross has entered the room. How do we get gross out of the room? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. I've um, been doing a and lot. It goes both ways. I don't, I don't, obviously I'm guilty of the same and it goes all over the house, but yeah, but it's, a, but it's a team effort. The two of you are in it together. And I have been, I told it's an you, agreement. yeah, I've been telling you that I've been going down this road of um, sort of trying to kind of put another certification under my belt. And that certification is uh, called emotionally focused couples therapy. And what, and the creator is Sue Johnson. And she create, she basically says like, step one is identifying that common enemy. And I'm using this language, but it's basically like looking at this sort of dance that the two of you get into. So if you and Rebecca typically get into, and you use that just as an example, but I know that you tend toward defensiveness. If, I do, yeah. if the dance is she criticizes and then you get in it with her, like you sort of like either counterattack, which I think is probably um, what ends up happening. That's the dance. That's the thing that you guys are saying, hey, this is our common enemy is this dynamic that we have going on. And I think it would be really an interesting exercise for our listeners to figure out, like, what is our common enemy? What is the dance that the two of us get into, whether it be criticism, attack, attack, maybe it's like attack, defend. Uh, but it would just be really interesting to have them identify, like, what is that external thing that both of us are in agreement that we don't want this to happen and just as you called it gross, like gross entered the room, I love for people to give it a name. I, when you name things, mm -hmm. it makes it so much. It does help to externalize it. Like, what is the name of this external thing so that yeah. you're not, you know, making it about your partner? This isn't Rebecca that is your enemy. This is yeah. gross is your enemy. I really want to emphasize this again, that I do this with clients in the first or second setting because it is imperative that you have some sense of what what we're up against and why and and how we're going to leverage each other and take take advantage. I'm reading this book right now. I'm not embarrassed about it. I actually it's actually kind of fun. But um, when I was uh, in middle school, I I did I tell you this already? No, but I'm reading a basically I'm reading a Dungeons and Dragons book. And um, oh, I thought you were going to say you were reading Come as You Are. I'm so confused. No, no, no. This is one I'm reading for fun. <laughs> for just for me. Okay, Dun um, Dungeons and Dragons um, D and D. Got it. Yeah, but it's like, no, but it's a book that I read in middle school. It's like, a, it's one, it's the first book of maybe 20 that I read in middle school <laughs> about these set of characters who are just like walking around and stabbing things and like zombies and dragons and all that stuff. Okay. Um, it's terrible. The book is so terrible. It's so bad, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's really fun for me because I used to have like action figures. I would actually play out scenes from this novel with little action figures that I had in my backyard. Okay. But, the, wow. but it all goes to this, which is. This group of characters, they're, they they all bug each other in lots of different kinds of ways. But when there's a giant, you know, <laughs> poison slug that wants to kill them, they all drop into their giftedness and they don't, they, they put aside their like, they're bickered, they're quarreling, right? And I think that is what makes a healthy team, what makes a healthy relationship, it's what makes a healthy, you know, uh, band of, <laughs> you know, travelers yeah. walking around, yeah. <laughs> stabbing things. And shooting arrows. At well, them. OK, um, hold on. Can I go back to something that just really I think you nailed it. You said they drop into their giftedness. And I think that that yeah. that to me is like way cool. And when you think about it, um, if you've identified a common enemy and maybe the enemy is, hey, we're getting ready to do the holidays with your parents and yeah. they're the enemy. It's like, how do we drop into hey, our hey, giftedness? Hey, hey. Your, your, your Christmas tree could be your common enemy. Like. It, it, I, I've never, I, the angriest I've ever been at my top five angry I've ever been in my entire life ever, ever was at a Christmas tree stand and a, and a, 
and a Christmas tree. Hold on. I, I, now I know two out of five because I know the milk incident and I know the Christmas yeah. tree incident. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Why did you get no, so but angry? Rebecca came, but Rebecca came home, saw that I, because I couldn't get the Christmas tree on, the stand on. It was like bothering me. She came home and she was like, she had a choice to be like, you're insane. Like, why are you getting so mad? This is ridiculous. Like, I don't understand your temper uh-huh, here. Like, uh-huh. could have totally went inside, got me a sledgehammer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> and brought it back outside, and she's like, "Here, just get it over with." And I, and just took the sledgehammer to the Christmas tree stand, and it was and you like the most cathartic thing. Ever. It. Yeah, but that was bonding memory have. for me. Yeah, in, in my marriage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, okay, so we're talking about three three tools uh, for an intentional marriage. So we just talked about creating a common enemy, recognizing the common enemy, discussing it, making sure that the two of you are aligning. Um, Number two, I'm going to let you pick this one. Walls and windows. Yeah. Oh, are you going to let me pick it? Or you just, (laughs) this is how it is in my house. I go, honey, uh, I'll go ahead and let you decide, but this is what I've already made the decision for us. um, Yeah, I mean, I think we've already had half of this conversation. So this metaphor comes out of Shirley Glass's book. Shirley Glass's book is called Not Just Friends. And it's kind of the it's kind of the therapist Bible on infidelity. And um, we recommend it all, always to clients who are coming mm-hmm. in and want to kind of make sense of what's going on um, in the in in the case of infidelity. But the metaphor uh, survives even outside of that specific application. There's this idea of couples who are thriving, they have built really effective walls around their relationship. Yeah. And that's basically just boundaries, right? That they built effective boundaries around the relationship and they do a good job of sort of cleaning or polishing the windows into one another's lives. So walls and windows. Um, so couples who are thriving and who they, they have really like clear boundaries around the relationship that protect it from external threat mm-hmm. that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And then we all, they also have really clear uh, view into one another's world world and their life and yeah. their stuff. We, we, I guess we could still stick around with the walls, but I'm more interested to hear what you think about this idea of windows um, in terms of it as an effect, effective tool. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about, I, I would say if we were going to like create a major theme around our podcast, it would be that I think we use the word curiosity in every single episode. But the idea mm-hmm. of having windows, I mean, you imagine you have walls around the relationship and then you have windows between the two of you. And the windows are these ideas of just being really open and transparent is the word that I use a lot when I talk about the windows is transparency between you and your partner. And that transparency comes in a lot of different ways. It's being forthcoming with your partner. It's not keeping secrets from your partner. But I think it's not it's less about what it's not. It's more about what you are doing to remain open and curious and committed to knowing your partner. 
and understanding who they are on the inside. And so, I mean, that comes with really great dialogue that comes with, you know, being intrigued and like wanting to join in on your partner's world as often as possible. And I think about times where, you know, my husband's life is very separate from mine. Sometimes he's golfing, he has golf buddies that he spends time with and he has his work that he does his things in his office with people tap, tap, tapping on the computer. (laughs) Um, He does his work with the stuff, with the computer that he taps on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's just it's leaning into the parts of your partner's world and just getting really curious about what's happening for them. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot that can impact a human being and keeping the windows. I like that you said polish, keeping the windows between the two of you clean and polished is really kind of lovely. I guess I'm I'm sort of wondering for you, the listener, how if you were to take a look at your windows, what would your windows look like? Like, are they grimy? Are they covered into in, one another's lives? Into one another's lives, right? Like, are they covered yeah. in soot? Have you not even like gone to that window in a long time? Have you drawn the curtain between you and your partner and just said, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in you seeing into me right now. Like, have mm-hmm. you put up mm-hmm. some sort of uh, a wall um, between the two of you? Because what ends up happening? over time in unhealthy relationships is that those windows and those walls end up getting reversed. And we talk a lot about how this ends up being sort of the slippery slope into infidelity, where if you're reversing your windows and walls, you're putting a wall up between you and your partner, you're no longer accessible to them, they can't reach you. And then you're putting a window between you and the outside world, maybe, you know, coworker, and what that window might look like is that you're sharing personal details about yourself with a coworker or you're yeah, making and it doesn't even have to be that specific. Like, I think I think you're right. The power of this metaphor is in this idea of what happens when they get reversed, because mm-hmm. you could we can all experience. We all know what it's like to feel like there's a wall between us and our partner. Yeah. But the windows into the external world, it's sure it could be someone else. It could be the barista or, you know, some whatever uh but it also could be this, like your obsession with fantasy football or your mm, job mm-hmm. or the window that you give your, your drinking buddies into your life or the window that you give your, just your, uh, I don't know, lots of gamers. They're, they're, they're constantly in touch with people that they never even meet ever, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, it doesn't need to be specific. It needs to be, a t- it needs to be intentional, mm-hmm. right? We are maintaining, we're doing maintenance on this wall around the relationship. Right. Right. And we're doing maintenance on these windows between us and polishing them so that we can see clearly into into one another's life. Mm-hmm. I think I think the other thing, too, if I if I reverse engineer this, as I'm prone to do, um, I, one thing I've been saying to couples a lot lately is you get in trouble. We get in trouble when we're guessing when I'm guessing what my partner's thinking or what, what my partner's going to do or what my partner feels about a particular thing. And then I and then I don't check in with that guess. I don't test the hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not that's not a clear window scenario. The, uh, the clear window scenario is when I'm confused or I'm guessing, and I go, "Hey, um, this seems a little murky to me." Yeah. <laughs> wax on, wax off. No, not wax. What do you do? Wax on. Daniel wax Russo, on. Wax off. He didn't do windows. Mm. Daniel didn't do win- windows. He painted the fence. He waxed on, waxed off, and then he. Did you ever else. hold on? Side note: Did you ever hear the the story about the window washer? The window washer. Yes. I've come to wash your windows. No, anyone? When you know, you know. And I know there has to be someone who knows the the ghost story about the window washer. I'm going to not. 
I'm not going to know this before like the next like couple minutes. I will have Holden call you personally and tell you the story <laughs> about the and window I, washer because he and I will call him a quitter. OK, perfect. That's a hey, true friend. Is it cool if I try to make Holden cry? Could I try to make him cry? Sure. I don't okay. think he's hurt. I don't think he has cried from hurt feelings. Maybe once okay. or twice. But if it, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be an older, new. older male figure in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New mission in life. Crush. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, before we go on to number three, yeah. I just want to tell you something that I texted you the other day, but I just double checked again. I, so I went to Apple's iPod top charts and I clicked on uh, uh-huh. kids and family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're we're on the chart. That's here's the thing that scares me a little bit is that what? when you said that we were under the theme of kids and family, um, yeah. there's a lot of inappropriate content that comes. I mean, I had a whole story about fluffers. There's yeah, I true. mean, I say inappropriate things and you go you along with it. Um, I sure. Sure. The right. reason I found this chart is because a buddy of mine has a podcast and he's like, did you want to beat him? I do, but he's way higher than us. Is he in the same category? Friends yeah, he's families? number 30. Hmm. And we're presently, we're presently number 105. Okay. Well, we need to. But can I tell you, but here's something cool. Ready for this part? All right. The Holderness family, the super famous uh-huh. YouTube video uh-huh. weirdos. I know. Sing the songs. Yeah. They're hundred. They're number 108. Wait, and what are we? 105. Oh, that feels really <laughs> yeah, good inside. Right? So. <laughs> My actual friend that I actually know who actually has a podcast, yeah. he's way higher than me. I don't really care, but beating the Holderness family. It feels like good. A, it's like a notch in my cap. Yeah. All right. Here's let's, let's bring some value to our listeners that are sticking with us. <laughs> okay. Number three. Right, number three. For uh, number three tools for the intentional marriage. Yeah, is rituals and routines. And this is like, um, it seems like this is obvious, like duh. But the reality is, again, a lot of people are feeling stuck and stagnant because a lot of our rituals and routines, particularly around the holidays, have been removed from us. Yeah. And so what we do is we we float around untethered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been trying to or I think it's important that couples try to reintroduce new rituals, new routines mm-hmm. that help reinforce that, you know, we are still part of a system mm-hmm. that has. Um, I think one time I called it the ne- a next, like we have a next, yeah. you know, yeah. because on Tuesday nights we do tacos. Taco Tuesday is a thing in yes, our house. Yes. And that is important. You know? Yeah. Um, I like to think about it. Like um, when I start talking to couples, spe- specifically couples that don't have children yet um, or ever. And I ask them like, what, what kind of rituals do you guys have? What are some things like moments in your life that are really special that you really look forward to? It's connecting for the two of you. It's creating richness. And they kind of look at me like a dog, you know, like who cocks their head to the side, like deer in the headlights. Like, I don't, oh, I don't think we have any rituals. And then what I asked him, I said, okay, here's what I want you to think about. I want for you to tell me about what it was like growing up in your family and tell me about some of your favorite holidays. And so they start telling the story of like, well, you know what, like around Christmas, um, I really loved it because grandma would always come over and she would do, um, cookies with us and we would make, and every year we made Christmas cookies. And then every year on Christmas Eve, we would sit down and we would watch like, elf or whatever. 
And then, um, you know, and then like you start to figure out the things that stick with you as an adult, like the memories stick with you because it was repetition. It was something that you did year after year after year. It was really special. That's a freaking ritual. And I love the idea of rituals, especially right now, like what you said of feeling kind of untethered specifically right now in the, in the world is that our rituals kind of got blown up. Like I don't, I don't get to go to the gym uh, every morning. And so therefore Laura is now in operation cottage cheese. So I have to create (laughs) my own ritual. (laughs) And, and that ritual is that I'm going to be waking up every morning. And anyway, um, going to your home gym, going to my home gym. Yeah. So, um, but what I'm, what I think I said to you a while ago is that I'm leaning way into Christmas this year. Like, okay way into Christmas because there is so much chaos and there's so much unknown that I figured, well, I'm going to ground my family in having the most amazing holiday this year. I'm going all out. And, uh, in fact, we're going to go Christmas tree hunting. That's my hard stop this morning is that we're going to go get another tree. Awesome. Number two. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I added any, any value to that. I just wanted to talk. Probably not. I think, um, The thing about rituals, though, even as you're describing, like they, yes, they're big, they're meaningful. They create stories that we tell over and over again for decades. And those are important. Have those 100%. Yes. But you might also need little, little ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I care about this, but I do. Um, I'll be watching sports and something cool will happen, like a touchdown or something. Mm -hmm. And some guy will run over to his other buddy and they'll do like a handshake that they've clearly choreographed in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is like so like clever and cool to me. I'm like husbands and wives ought to have this or partners ought to have this. Like, My husband and I have something like that. He inappropriately swipes me in the kitchen. You know what I'm talking about? I just did a hand gesture. I, I saw it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, we live in a tiny house. And so um, I just have to do whatever I can to keep my head on straight. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I do almost every single day is that when I get out of the shower, I put on a big towel. I just have a big old towel. It's super big. And then I walk around my house. Okay. Until I can find anyone, anyone at all. Um, and it's, there's only three people in there, but if I find them, which is easy because our house is tiny. I say this every single time, a hundred percent of the time I say, Mary. And she's like, what? And I'm like, one of my favorite things to do when I get out of the shower is to wrap myself up in this towel and walk around. <laughs> And That's every time it? she thinks it's like, an, I'm going to say something new or clever right. or it's Rebecca same, or whatever. And I say these, one of my favorite things to do when I get out of the shower is to wrap myself up in this towel and walk around. Zach, and they, I, there are times <laughs> That's where a ritual. I think. That's a ritual. But let me tell you, let me, let me tell you something. You can, you can say what you're going to say, but I'm going to tell you this. The days I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, what happened? What's wrong? Like, are you in a hurry? Are, are you okay, dad? Is there something wrong? <laughs> like, no, but this is the thing about rituals, right? When you miss them, you miss them. Right. They matter. Yes. They mark time. They mark, they make meaning. Yep. And even if it's stupid mm-hmm. and it can still create culture inside your house. And I think that's what, that's what makes an intentional relationship is creating culture inside your house. Oh, you just nailed it for me as they make meaning, right? Like it doesn't yeah. have to be anything. It could be you being a ridiculous, obnoxious father that totally. kicks on his daughters, but they're going to remember yeah. the silliest things that dad used to do 
when, yeah. you know, you're on your deathbed. They're going to be like, remember yeah. that big old towel, dad, that you used to wrap yourself yeah. up in? Totally. hundred <laughs> percent. That's going to happen. Or, or I'm going to be dead and they're going to be, they're going to go into their kid's room. Yeah. They're going to go into their children's room uh-huh. and they're going to, and it's, and their kids are going to be like 14 and 17. Yeah. And they're going to be sleepy and, and, you know, whatever all headed. And they're going to, this is what they're going to do. They're going to go. Rise and shine and give, give God, God the, the glory, 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 glory. rise, rise and, yep. and shine and give God. And then, and then they're going to go rise and shine and give, give God, God the, the glory, glory, glory children. children. Yeah. <laughs> and their kids are going to yell at them mm-hmm. and they're going to throw things at them mm-hmm. and they're going to call them names, yeah. but then they're going to think of me. Do you do that to say, your kids? A hundred percent. Yes. Will you wake me that up is. on my birthday with that song? <laughs> I don't know when your birthday is. I will send you a calendar reminder. Don't worry. Because that would make me feel so good. My friend Noah, who I've talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. before, his birthday is in November. Yeah. And I just write him, like, whenever I remember that it's November, I just write him a note that says happy birthday so that I can get it. Get it. I hit it somehow. Yeah. Because when we were living together in college, I had one of those those calendars that you pulled the page off every single day. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the page off one day in November and it said, yesterday was Noah's birthday. <laughs> He had written it on there (laughs) to make me feel like shit. Uh Uh-oh. Kids and family. I'm sorry. Kids and family podcast. That's right. Number 105. No cursing. All right. So did we talk about rituals and routines? Listen, here's the main thing. Uh, They create meaning and you should have them if you want to have a a relationship on purpose. (laughs) What? I think it's time for me to go cut down a tree. That's just all I'm saying. We found our tree. uh, We found our forever tree last year in like aisle 17. Yeah. Of the well, of the local, I think I told you I had to buy a local forever tree store. Yeah, I bought a new forever tree this year because uh, I was really leaning into Christmas and <clears throat> it's great, but I'm also going big. So we're going to create ritual right now. We're going to go roast hot dogs out in the wilderness and we're going to build a bonfire with some friends who are socially distanced from us. And we're going to okay. let them cut the tree down and I'm going to drag it on a sled back to the truck and it's going to be great. All right. With that, I bid you adieu, sir. I hope you enjoy your Saturday. I was going to tell you one more thing, Mm. but I decided not to. Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay. All right. right. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, this podcast is coming out on December 8th, which means it's also the first day of the Are We Roommates Summit. It goes from the 8th until the 11th of December 2020, in case you're listening to this episode a little late. If you want to register, go to our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. If you scroll uh, just a little bit ways down, you'll find the tab. It is entirely free for you to join this live event and listen to over 30 experts solving the one problem of if you had 30 days to bring greater connection how would you go about doing that? Um, if you are looking for lifetime access, you can have that for less than $100. And you can find all that information on our website. Hey guys, thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.